Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. This week's podcast was recorded at the recent ModMag London event, a one-day editorial conference created by magazine store and editorial design resource, MagCulture. Our guest this week is Dan Sanderson. My name is Dan Sanderson. I'm editor of Mundial Magazine. We're coming into our fifth year in 2019 and we are releasing our 16th issue in December. Launched in 2014 as an alternative to the laddie football publications that were available at the time, Mundial is a quarterly magazine that champions the uplifting side of football culture with a very human approach. We started in 2014 for the 2014 World Cup. It was a hobby project, essentially. We kind of wanted to do something really positive around football and celebrate the things that we loved about it. There's a lot of negativity and has been for the past 30 years around the game, but there's, there's also a lot of positive stuff as well. And we wanted to celebrate that. We thought a World Cup would be the best opportunity to do that. It attracts around 120,000 readers annually and is now stocked in both WH Smiths and Barnes & Noble, as well as independent stores across the world. Six months after the first one had sold out, which was like a limited edition release, someone asked us when our next issue is out and we, we hadn't planned to do one. It was meant to be a one-off, but by the strength of like a brand asking us to do another one, we thought we, we better had and it's kind of spiralled out of control from there. Due to its success, Mundial now runs as both a magazine and an agency. Based in East London, Dan is part of a full-time team of eight people with a much bigger extended network of contributors from writers to filmmakers and their work has attracted clients such as Nike, Adidas, Puma, Fred Perry and Sonos. So there's eight of us in an office now and then there's probably like two, three, four other people who dip in and out but are pretty consistent and then we have kind of a network of loads more contributing and out or illustrators photographers writers that we really like but the core team is eight of us it's not a very traditional setup in terms of agencies what we do in the magazine people like and they come and go like okay we want a little bit of that for our brand oh you seem to understand this part of football better than we do can we have a little bit of that so it's very small but we like that we're quite agile there's not 500 people build onto an account for the sake of it and that's always sort of been there that was the key to me being able to do it full time when i was moving back from hong kong we kind of just got a little bit of work with a couple of sportswear brands and we were like, okay, cool, there's sort of money coming in. And to this day, that's what sustains the wages. The magazine looks after itself, it pays well, it sells quite well, but it doesn't pay the wages and our creative work. And the magazine acts as a front of house for that. Like, oh, look what we can do when we're left to our own devices. Wouldn't you like us to help you out with your brand? Because we get it. But rewind to just a few years ago and the story was very different. Dan graduated in 2010 with a degree in film studies but says it was only after five or six years that he began to see his career picking up. He takes us back to those early years, starting in Skelmersdale, where he grew up. Yeah, so I'm from a, like a new town in the northwest of England, which is called Skelmersdale, which is essentially Liverpool's Milton Keynes, like a lot of expat scousers kind of moved there in the 70s and 80s. I grew up there, went to school just outside of there. It was never a possibility to kind of go and work for a magazine or anything. I ended up going to Liverpool John Moores University and studying film just because I quite liked films. Did three years there and then realised that I didn't like films as much as I thought I had. But I realised through that and kind of by doing university and all the things that you need to do at university, I quite liked writing and I was, I was all right at it. 
So I thought, well, it's not expensive to write. You can start a blog, you can do whatever. And she kind of went from there and started a free magazine in Liverpool with some friends for a bit. I was like, all right, I, this is what I want to do. I'd always loved magazines. I'd always kind of bought them and consumed them. But as I said, this seems like this far off kind of crazy thing that only people in London did. I just left university and like kind of applied for internships and stuff like that and just didn't get them and just like went back and got a job essentially. I worked with my dad for a long time in a, in a factory for like two, three years. I worked in off-license. I just kind of got by and wrote as a hobby and wrote because I enjoyed doing it. I, th I think I was always going to continue to write but like probably just keep it to myself or do a personal blog or something like that. But there was a point where I was coming to London quite a lot to meet the people whose website I was writing for. And you kind of always got this same answer, which was like, oh, well, you know, if you lived in London, we could give you a job. Yeah, it, there was a frustration certainly on my part where I was like, is this ever going to happen or is this just going to be a hobby forever? And luckily I submitted a piece of writing when I was working with my dad at the factory to Sabotage Times, which was founded by James Brown, who'd founded Loaded in the 90s, which was a magazine that I loved. And Owen uh, Blackhurst, who now works at Mundial with me, we, we work alongside each other, kind of liked what he saw, Skyped me, kind of coached me a little bit on my writing, gave me some red line edits, which had never happened before. It was either like, oh yeah, we like that, we'll publish it for free, thank you, see you later. Or, no, it's not good enough. Whereas Owen kind of spent a lot of time helping me improve my writing and that encouraged me to be like, okay, this is actually going somewhere. And I got a couple of paid gigs for Sabotage, kind of covered people, came down to London, and that's where things started to, to tick over a little bit. But it was like a, a five, six year process from aimlessly submitting stuff to blogs to being like, oh, cool, I've got three weeks work where I can come to London and do some work. I think once Mundial started, and certainly once after we got that first issue out, after we sold 2,000 of them, which was like a number we never thought we'd do, that was when I kind of realised, like, okay, if I can do my own thing and if I can pour all the effort I'm putting into having a normal job, writing blogs, sending out portfolio and stuff like that into this one thing, then I'm probably going to get more traction through that. So, like, from issue two, I moved to London and through my work on Mundial, and kind of other writing stuff I'd done. I got a job at a, an agency called Holler, which was my first real creative job at like a big agency. They ended up being owned by Leo Burnett. We were like massive and look after Kellogg's and all these crazy brands. So it was a real baptism of fire for me to go from writing uh, funny in-jokes about footballers that I liked and that readers online liked to being like, okay, you need to write this for a brand or you need to do this. And it was, it was a proper learning curve. And I did that for a year and it was amazing. And I met some amazing people kind of lost all that chip on my shoulder like oh isn't London terrible stuff because there's there were people who would help me and then I moved to Hypebeast for a year in Hong Kong which was writing about fashion and stuff like that which I, similar to film was like something I thought I'd always wanted to do and then rapidly realised I didn't really want to do it so I did a year there and that was kind of like because I hadn't studied writing those two real jobs were like my school of this is what you need to do to work with brands this is what you need to be able to do to make money out of writing and just as kind of I've had enough of Hypebeast Mundial was kind of just taking off enough for me to be able to be like it's a big risk but I'm going to do it full time 
Having grown an independent magazine with a large and loyal following and a full-time team of its own, we asked Dan if he had thoughts for anyone wanting to start a magazine of their own. A weird reference for a kind of startup or whatever, but Tina Brown, who went to Vanity Fair in the 80s, 90s, to, to kind of revamp it and make it amazing again, which it was, she said that she wanted to make it a sound, not an echo. And that's something that we've picked up on. Owen, who was speaking about earlier, who was kind of really vital to me, has instilled that in Mundial. And it's, if you think you're doing something, which is other people are doing, don't, <laughs> don't like, go and find, like you, you'll have a passion point which is unique and that hasn't been spoken about really well. Like, there's an amazing football magazines, there's 442, there's World Soccer, there's all these incredible magazines, but we didn't want to be like them. And if we had, and if we tried to take them on, we'd have been long gone. You have to do something from a unique point of view. And if you do that and you do it well, and every time you think that there's no point, you kind of pick yourself up and carry on going, then eventually there'll be two people who think that's the coolest thing in the world, then there'll be three. And then kind of once you get past that 500, 600 people who think it's the coolest thing in the world, you're home and dry. Lastly, Dan shares his advice for aspiring writers and editors, including what he's learned on finding your own voice and style with writing. In terms of getting in touch with people, looking for mentors or people to help you, just be incredibly cheeky, because nine times out of 10, they've been there. If they ignore you, then bad luck them, they're a bad person. There'll be, there'll be other people you can reach out to who'll really look after you and, and help you. And don't be put off by the people who just ignore you or just push you to one side because there's loads of people who can help you out and there's loads of people who will give you the time to help you out. I think the best advice I ever was given about writing, and it's it various people have given me, it's just kind of write how I speak. And I went through university and school and stuff, kind of being like, oh, I need to write like J.D. Salinger or I need, I like, I need to write like these... Hemingway, these people who I love, but it, you can spot that when we get given stuff that's written in the style of someone else and not in the writer's tone and stuff like that, you can spot it a mile off. So don't be scared to kind of use words that you use when you speak. Like, not everyone is will write The Great Gatsby and will speak like that. So the, the, there's a lot of space for people to write in their own tone of voice, in their own accent. And it, look at people like Evan Welsh who created a whole genre out of it. Like, if he tried to write in someone else's style, Trainspotting would have been abysmal. And th there's millions of examples like that. So write how you speak, pick up on the basics. I'm still awful at it and also better to hate me. But like, try and brush up on the basics, but don't write out of your comfort zone, it's pointless. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress, in conjunction with Mag Culture's Mod Mag London. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Dan Sanderson. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include us two, Google, Sky Creative Agency, GF Smith and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. <laughs>